Hey, Steve, how's it going? Not bad. What's up with you? <sighs> it's almost quitting time. I'm pretty pumped. Ooh, <laughs> Don't I know it? Getting ready ready for the weekend? Big W-E weekend. <laughs> I don't know what the crazy kids say these days. Uh, I really need it, you know? It's been a, oh, been a tough week. Yeah, boss has been working us. Oh, man, you have no idea. Hey, uh, I know this is kind of weird, but I kind of had a lot of thoughts in my head for everything that I needed to do this weekend. I was, I was hoping I could just say them out loud to you, you know, get a sounding board. I think it's a pretty good list, but I'd like to hear your opinion on it. Man, I'm I'm pretty fried. I was I was just gonna like finish up work before leaving. Uh, I mean, it, it'll only take a second, man. You're free to talk. I'm I'm not guarantee guarantee I'm gonna listen. Uh, I think I think you're gonna want to hear this. In fact, I'm just gonna kind of fade out of existence for a second. Sounds good. So th- th- this is my weekend plans. You know, the working world's so hard, and my boss he is so crazy. Half hour lunches, there's no time to be lazy. Weekend comes finally. Grab a beer, grab some Z's. Had to do laundry, write some checks. Better hurry up before I'm dead. Walk the dog while it's still light. Cry myself to sleep at night. Go to Nadine's house, pick up my son. Pizza run! And time to take my stress and strangle it down. And that is what this weekend's all about. I think it's a pretty good list. Yeah, no, that's, uh... Got a little depressing there toward the middle. It's just all... That's what we every weekend means to me now, man. Yeah, hey, you know what? It's a five o'clock world when the whistle blows, and I'm returning to you. It's a five o'clock shadow when the missile blows. Drew Carey. No, I know. I was hoping you'd continue <laughs> to play the whole thing. <laughs> I can't. I think I'm finding the wrong lyrics. <laughs> Let me find the right lyrics. <laughs> that was my favorite Drew Carey intro. Hang on. <laughs> Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Shout. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's a five o'clock world when the whistle blows. No one owns a piece of my time. Uh, there's a five o'clock me inside my clothes thinking that the world looks fine. Saying you understand that we're going to end with you having to look up the real Drew Carey intro lyrics, right? <laughs> no, I'm going to make it seamless. <laughs> I'm editing this one. <laughs> Everybody's running and the world is so crazy People work so hard, there's no time to be lazy The weekend comes, I'm down with that Grab your ball, grab your bat Head to the beach, grab some rings Better hurry up, just got some days Playing games, hanging out Roller coaster, there's no doubt Go to the mall, not a fun piece of Fine. I actually no. think it's really funny. <laughs> uh, just so everyone knows, Zane had no idea where I was going with it. I I think that like the Drew Carey show took the lyrics from a different song and made them less apocalyptic. <laughs> oh man, I, I love that one though. I, I know. <laughs> yeah, wait, was, I I actually did zone out when you were saying that because as soon as you started saying like, as soon as you started doing the lyrics, I'm like, I need to look up the lyrics to Five O'clock World. <laughs> This is, this is going to top him so good. It's way better than uh, Moon Over Parma. 
it wasn't bad, but yeah, five o'clock world is just kind of like that. It's such a classic set piece. Yeah, and like watching like Drew Carey like shittily dance to like old music is like it's kind of the only it, it, it's it's hard to watch him in dancing to anything else. Like it's got to be inappropriate old music. The Drew Carey from the Drew Carey Show is a really weird character when you think about it. Because uh, he is yeah, either he's, he's either like the weirdest person ever or completely normal while the world goes insane around him. He's this odd version of the everyman, like where he's clearly like a he's like a Tino grown up wrong, <laughs> <laughs> but also like kind of a weird babe magnet. It's like a really bizarre mixture. Like they yeah. they just threw relatability out the or they they threw reality out the world out the door and just was like make this character really relatable. He's gonna be fat. He's gonna wear glasses. Be really unattractive. But we also want to make you feel like you can get any woman you want. No, Ben. You see, Drew Carey grew up at that awkward time between the Boomers and Generation X. So he is the hero of both of those, both climbing the corporate ladder and also being sort of a rebel. Ah, uh, the half elf. The half elf. Uh... <laughs> The half-elf uh, holy grail. <laughs> the holy grail of half-elves uniting two peoples who can't agree on whether they don't understand the kids or whether they should get off their lawn. <laughs> I think that might have been 50s. Uh, I'm bad with decades, everyone. But I'm very good with weekends. And... <laughs> oh, I missed the weekend? <laughs> Wait, what, what was that from? Uh, that sounds so, so familiar. No, that's an in-joke in my improv group because um, uh, we had a group member who kind of did more drugs than they should have. Mm. And, uh, you know, we had just changed. It was a new semester. We just changed the schedule around. And so, like, they weren't at rehearsal. And so we gave them a call. We're like, hey, you're not at rehearsal. And they're like, oh, my God, it's Thursday. I'm sorry. And I'm like, "Where? it's Monday. <laughs> and they just say, I missed the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very funny, like, line. For me. It, it really is. That's the why way, we keep referencing it. So, like the way that you know, work society has become so stratified as to necessitate a weekend makes so many good punchlines. Like uh, I, I know that there's um, that in uh, Frisky Dingo, uh, somebody's talking to Xander Cruz about how somebody died on Friday afternoon, and, she, and he's just like, "Oh, so close to the weekend." <laughs> it is like, like what I love about the weekend is, except for people who like have you know unusually scheduled jobs or or you know for whatever reason work super hard or or work in retail which is actually a lot of people uh, the weekend kind of means the same thing to everyone yeah like to kid to kids and adults it's kind of like summer vacation but even more people get to enjoy it yeah i i don't know if that's true like uh, my weekend kind of schedule my my purpose for weekending over the past few years has gotten incredibly changed like it used oh, yeah? to be it used to be because when I worked a job that it didn't matter. Um, that would be my time <laughs> to do whatever I wanted. Like, I didn't have to prepare anything. But now that I'm in school, that's my time that I catch up on work. Yeah. But that just means that the real weekend is an elusive beast that makes it even more worthwhile. That's right. You can only see it out of the periphery, like in John Dies at the end. Yeah. Uh, next weekend will be free, and I'll be able to play that video game. <laughs> No, no, sir. You will be playing that video game at 2 a.m. when you can't sleep. <laughs> when the demons call. <laughs> the demons call at night? The demons wear sunglasses at night, actually. I don't know. If oh, you... they're so cool. Oh, man. Look at this guy. This demon is rad. 
<laughs> what are his interests? I want to model myself after this demon. Climb that demon ladder. <laughs> the demon ladder sounds amazing. Zane, plot hook for your next D&D game, the demon ladder. That's basically the plot hook for this D&D game. <laughs> oh, we're cribbing off your D&D it's more, it's more of a like wheel. like such a hack. <laughs> the demon wheel? the wheel. Man, the demon <laughs> noun is pretty great. <laughs> Yeah. Like, what what noun do you put in on the back of a demon? Uh, demon pizza. Demon pizza is less good. <laughs> no, because that's. But demon pizza run is a yes, yes. <laughs> demon pizzeria. Man, oh, why didn't they do like, yeah, Hell's Kitchen, for one of the for one of the pizza jokes? I I know what they were going for with the good. phrase pizza run, but when you think about what like they were like rollerblading at the time, right? Yeah, it's a like that seems like a very uncomfortable activity. Yeah, it gives your brain the hiccups when you when you see those two things together. It's like <laughs> ah, those don't quite fit. That's why they have to pause the intro <laughs> so they're like, is everyone gonna get this? <laughs> everyone needs to go get a glass of water because they have the brain, <laughs> the brain hiccups. <laughs> Didn't I say the mind hiccups? Uh, maybe I like the Ooh. idea of the brain just kind of shaking around. <laughs> yeah, thump against the back of your skull, you go unconscious. <laughs> Cut it out! Stop <laughs> confusing me. Brain. <laughs> Brain, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong, Pinky. <laughs> uh, so, do you want to get into this one? Yeah. I don't want to keep Chrissy waiting. Is she, what is she waiting for? Me to finish. Does, you're going to be a while, man. Does she know? <laughs> you have a lot how, to say. How, much, how do you know? <laughs> like, how, how, What do you say to her? <laughs> I just say, like, hey, Ben, I'm going to record. You know, it's it's really important. You use your inside she's like, voice. I know. And then she, just, she goes upstairs and lock her in her room. You lock her in her room? No. That's pretty fucked up. You know, it's a mind lock. Is that worse? That feels worse. (laughs) (laughs) That feels aggressive and manipulative and psionic for some reason. (laughs) Ooh, psionics. I'm still on the D&D train, man. I can't wait to learn to spell magic. It's going to be so cool. Is that how Tito kept on... No, Tino kept on, like, running into trouble? It's because he was a scion. (laughs) (laughs) He was all up inside everyone else's head because he was so all up inside of his own head. I don't have anything like that for this time. <laughs> if, Did we watch the same show? If, if you have something like that, feel free to tell me. But all I saw was good Disney show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we can start. Okay. That's really important for characterization when everything that I used to want to do when I started D&D was just see how I could get the biggest numbers out. Numbers? And now I'm just like, well, what kind of gimmick can I make this guy? I'm not going to lie. There's some strange appeals to like numbers going up. Yeah, you just want to... It, it's empowerment. And yet, like, that's not how it works in the real world. Like, there's numbers where, like, I want those numbers to go down. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, mini golf? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, loans, mini golf... <laughs> Those are the two main ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that you maybe have a list up of <laughs> things are... in which numbers go down. <laughs> ben, this is going to blow your mind. Sometimes you want numbers to stay the same. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Number of days in a year. Cholesterol level. <laughs> yeah. You... 
too high. Uh, or too if this low. goes either way, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if your cholesterol gets too high or too low, you'll. Uh, uh, hmm? I think you explode. <laughs> I'm not a you biologist. Get crunchitized. You get crunchitized, Captain. Uh, Captain Dreadnought. So, um, yeah, so, yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling used... silly today. <laughs> no, that's great. That's good. I'm the uh, overtired man. Yeah, no, no. This is like when we did House of Mouse. It's totally fine. <laughs> oh, that that bile filled episode. <laughs> that bottom of the barrel happened to be holding a diamond. <laughs> Who buried this here? Man, the the barnacles really got to this. I love that phrase. I should be. I should just like retire to making proverbs and putting them on the internet. Ugh. Meme factory. Uh, I uh, I also in, in my D and D campaign, um, I'm playing a wizard. What doesn't know how to damage people? <laughs> so you know, bard school, evocation, and conjuration, which are like the most useful schools. Like the concept just doesn't map onto him. <laughs> no, he just knows his place is not. He, so <laughs> I constructed this dwarfin dwarven society thing in my head, where I'm like, there's three kinds of people: there's builders, there's breakers, and there's blockers. I'm a blocker. I can't do breaking. Like so, he, he's just I like. I love that. Yeah, that, that's that's really good. Steal that. You're you're welcome to. I I really like it. Like this codified like notion of different roles in society, only one of which I'm appropriate for. We got attacked in the night uh, on one of our first encounters. I was the only one who knew about it because my alarm spell kind of pinged me and woke me up. So I'm like walking around, really stealth, trying to be stealthy, waking people up, and I can't see what it is because I don't have a good beat on them, and I'm like dude, what's out there? And they're like, oh man, it's ogres. And I just shout, what? And just like wake up everyone up and like alert all the ogres to our presence. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. So are we just kind of rambling because there's not actually a ton to talk about in this show? I feel like we're rambling because there's not a lot to talk about in this show. Stellar. <laughs> yeah, we're doing great. <laughs> uh, it's House of Mass all over again. It's a five o'clock work. <laughs> okay. Oh, have I told you like um, that I think it would be like the world would be better if we got rid of summer vacation and replaced it with every Wednesday is off? Mm, you haven't told me that. I, I feel like that is deeply Because the math, the math works out. The math is not the point, Zane. <laughs> like, I know, the, I know the concept of summer vacation is an outdated thing, but that's going to just pe- fuck with people's flow too bad. If you could have a four-day work week, where would your extra day off go? You know what's weird is I recognize... people say Monday or Friday, but I am a hard Wednesdayer. You just turned Southern for a second, and what's weird is that I used to... I don't know when the transition happened that I stopped viewing summer as a vacation. I can't point uh-huh. to a year in which that happened. Like, not even... I, be- I believe it was when you started grad school. I don't think it was. <laughs> I don't know what no, happened. This happened early. This was, like, 12. <laughs> it's like, no, I, I, I have things to do. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. I no, need no to file lemonade. my Pokemon cards. <laughs> Do I, are my taxes ready? Do I do I need to file them? I don't remember how this works. <laughs> I, I'm just channeling Tino from that one episode where he decided he needed to be more grown up. Oh, I did not see that one. It was one of the early ones. It was pretty funny. He, he got... Uh, let's, let's talk about this show. Let's talk about us. Let's talk about us, Zane. Let's talk. <laughs> what? what? 
Oh, real sorry. Had to put us down. Wait, what? You just said sorry about us and then didn't follow it up. No, I said let's talk about us, Zane. <laughs> sorry about us, Zane. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that problem where you're not hearing all of my words is coming back in full force. Full horse. Full horse. <laughs> full court horse. No, really, I couldn't eat another salt lick. Um, so we're the Carton cast. Yeah, and we are. We're all full on salt licks. I got no <laughs> more room. I'm a living for the salt lick. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, welcome everyone. Uh, my name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And this is the Carton Cast, where we are full on Salt Licks, uh, the show where we review old cartoons and see what we think of them as adults. The Carton Cast Pizza, physically incapable of delivering in an hour or less. <laughs> delivering a baby in an hour or a pizza or your baby back ribs or your money back. <laughs> No, I'm gonna let really, this one ride. What's really fun when I do those is I can't tell how much is gonna get edited out. <laughs> it could be all of it. It could be half. <laughs> I think I'll just start distorting it. I feel like I give you more trust than any other person because you have the very easy ability to make me sound like a like an idiot. <laughs> like every other episode that we do. Yeah, I mean, every, every time I sounded like an idiot, everyone, it's Zane's fault. I actually sound <laughs> something very witty and and incisive <laughs> um but yeah but yeah the weekenders so we're watching <laughs> so uh we are watching the weekenders today um which is a show that both zane and i have watched in the past and enjoyed quite a bit so yeah one of the you know mantra for our podcast what do we think of as adults yeah uh so the weekenders ran from 2000 to 2002 on abc and upn and then until 2004 on toon disney where a lot of people saw it mm -hmm. uh and it was made by doug langdale who did uh dave the barbarian and earthworm jim yeah we've just dealt with more of his work mm -hmm. yeah and what we know about him is that he he takes these classic cartoon genres and just sort of whackifies them he, he just so makes he him a his little own take. bit. He made him like subtly zany without actually losing you into what's going on. Like what yeah, the like, format I know, is, is is preserved, but everything's just kind of subtly weird. I know what all the major beats are. I have no idea how he's going to connect these dots, or even if he's going to do it in the right order. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's the journey is different. The destination is the same. This show is actually a bit more formulaic because you do know the order. It's uh, Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, then, and then Sunday. Yes. <laughs> Just as the Lord intended. <laughs> yes, sir. One holy day, then the other, John, then the other. John three sixteen. I'm a living for the weekend. <laughs> and then on the sixth, and then on the seventh day, God rested. Or maybe it was the sixth, fifth. I know. And of the on week. the seventh day, God went and got a pizza. <laughs> pizza, pizza, God, <laughs> pizza, God. No mushrooms, obviously. <laughs> Yeah. Why? Uh, what? <laughs> what? No, no bacon, Ben. What's wrong? Come on. Oh, man, that was a no, yeah, low-hanging fruit that a I layup. just... I was I was reaching for low-hanging fruit, and I just face-planted into the tree. Uh, but yes, this, this show is all about pizza, because it is a slice of life. Wow, shit, Zane. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> I don't know that... I'm going to let you run with this for a minute. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that it is a very structured plot in more ways than just what days it follows. Thank you for yeah. that, however. Um, it also, it is one of those 
Disney-esque shows to this age group, you know, an eclectic group of friends, varied personalities, who are all weirdos in the jungle of middle school. Um, right. they're, they're not uncool, but they're also not cool. Right. They have these sort of archetypes with a twist, each of them. Yeah. Um, they're, you know... I think they're pretty good characters, not super fleshed out, but enough that we know what each of them would do in a situation. They're, they're distinctive and, without being deep. And since the plot arc and the characters are pretty prescribed, that lets uh, the show be very free with the dialogue and the background gags, which I think drive the humor of the show. The 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 pinnacle of this show is definite, definitely the humor that you have to read it, read for. Like the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the jokes that you have to look for are the ones that are funny. Um, or at least the ones that are the funniest with the rest of the, you know, teen drama, sitcom, morality tale, chaff, just being generally very good without really pushing the envelope. Yeah. Um, And I think the fact that you have to put effort into it may detract from this show, but we can get into that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, recommended, Um, recommended reading for other shows that do this as well. Uh, Pepper Ann. Recess. Oh yeah. Recess mm-hmm. with a vengeance. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think Recess does a bit better job. I think it does this. a bit worse job. I think that they're even more one-dimensional than this just because the age group. A show that does this the char- even better in the characters is Hey Arnold. I think, yeah, I agree Hey Arnold does this better, but I think Recess does the situations better. Like, they're more interesting and the situations are more wacky rather than just the character responses to it. Hey, Arnold, you've got all of that, and Pepper Ann, you have close to none. Mm, yeah, I'll give you that. Although, Pepper Ann is very, very similar. Wasn't it also Doug Wingdale? Am I making that up? What was Pepper Ann? I don't remember. Who did Pepper Ann? I gotta look it up. Um, I have to know this. But worth... Okay. Uh, worth mentioning is that it aired at the same time as Pokemon and finally dethroned it from the number one slot on TV. That's hilarious. It dethroned it? Yeah, Pokemon was, like, number one show for that time slot for, like, a year going strong. Man. So, uh, Pepper Ann was also on to Disney, but no, was created by Sue Rose. Um, yeah. Wow, I did not realize that this show was so popular. It's weird, because I thought, I remember watching it when I was a kid and thinking that it was really special and different and hilarious. And looking back at it now, it's still, like, it's, it's pretty hilarious. good. It's hilarious. It's very good. It's, it's pretty good. I think I actually, I think it's aged pretty poorly for me. Yeah, I, I was getting kind of a, a similar feeling. Like, I, I had this on a pedestal, and now it is merely on a middle shelf. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and in, in contrast to things like Hey Arnold, which have only mm, just, just you know, have aged like a fine wine. <laughs> I think that's because of the wide variety of characters and situations in Hey Arnold. Here, like... There is a breadth to this series that is not supported by a, a good foundation. Yeah, and also just so much of it is um, so so much of the it's it's only zany in parts. A lot of it is very straightforward. It's formulaic. Yeah, but when it when it breaks the formula, it really shines. Yes, yes, and maybe that was necessary in order to make that shine. Maybe like it was a concerted effort. I'm going to make these characters. They're going to be very well fleshed out and um, they're going to follow what a normal teen does because that's how I want to connect to kids. And we're just going to make everything else nuts, but I can't have them and everything else be nuts. I can't have the story and the background be nuts because then there's nothing to focus on. Like maybe that was the intention. 
So I want to I want to talk about the characters, um, and I, I want to talk about both them individually and the group of them and their their like interaction. Which which would you rather like approach first? Oh geez, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for. I wasn't prepared to be directing this podcast episode. <laughs> Sir, would you like to shoot this hey, scene first? Just improv, and we'll we'll fix it in post. <laughs> I'm imagining this like new intern, like doesn't. Uh, sir, sir, uh, we got the shots mixed up. Did you want it Saturday, Friday, <laughs> Sunday? Did you? I, I I I'm I'm having trouble seeing the big picture, sir. Do you want some coffee? I, I've been watching a lot of BoJack Horseman recently, and uh, Lenny Turtletaub is like my only voice for director at the moment. <laughs> Like, like very hands-off, big-picture style, like, not really caring about the minutia. It's like, hey, is there a funny scene in there? Bada-bang, whatever. We're moving on. Like, <laughs> what? Surely a um, director does more than this. <laughs> not really. So when I directed uh, uh, the Shakespeare camp for a couple years, um, you know, I, I made some decisions, and I, like, organized people pretty well, but also, like... When the kids were rehearsing, I would often just wander off. I would just like walk away. <laughs> I'm like, just keep, just keep going. I'll if if you do something wrong, I'll know. Hmm. Worked pretty well. I, I'm, okay. I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm a good director. I'm just saying that was my style and it worked for me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, go. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if you really have to hold to any sort of like grandfathered structure in a Shakespeare camp, but uh, you know, whatever works. Um, but getting back to the show, one thing that I did want to say about all the characters is uh, comparing it to Recess. Uh, I remember in Recess, you had a real problem with the fact that some of the kids like had no reason to be friends. They, they didn't convince me that they were a friend group, no. Here, that seems intentional. What do you mean? Because I thought like, I believed this group of friends. I believe this group of friends, but if you look at their characters and their interests... And they're like temperaments. It really like this seems like they meant for them not to seem like a cohesive group. I, I don't know about that. Like I, I, they they definitely seem to be intended to have conflict. Um, Contrast more. Okay, I'll give you that. But I don't think that they are meant not to look like a group of friends. They look like a group of friends to me. They look like a group of friends that was formed early on and then you know, matured as the years went by without actually, you know, becoming stratified. Whereas Recess, we didn't have kind of, I think it was maybe the age group just didn't convince me. Recess is way too early to believe it. Mm -hmm. Here it's, here you can give a lot more leeway to, you know, Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable. Like, okay, they, friends forever, it just makes sense, even though they're so different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. And they're all like, they, they do kind of all have like this appreciation of irony, <laughs> So like, yeah, the, the <laughs> there's show kind of runs there. on sarcasm. It does, like um, a diesel and engine. I, and I like that, uh, you know, like a friend group who's known each other forever, they can be weird with each other, and ev everyone's just a little weirder than their normal archetype. So it kind of, like, it kind of meshes more realistically than a lot of other shows do. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think I, I don't want to oversell it. I think that only really shines with the main character. And with the other ones, it's a little bit more two aspect personalities. Yeah, yeah. It's not this quite as that. textured, but uh, it it does work as a it does work as a unit, like a like a cohesive group of friends. It works just fine. Yeah, like you have your scientist who is also an artist. You have your athlete who is also like a fashion guy, yeah. a cool guy. He's not an athlete. He's not Vince. I think you're thinking of Vince. <laughs> 
No, he. I saw several episodes where he's just like, I'm going to just be the best sports player ever. No, Lore was doing that. Lore was doing that more consistently. In either case, you're not wrong. Like, they are kind of... <laughs> in, in absence of a personality. Yeah, she's she's kind of not great. Um, but, you know, I think I think that most of the focus rightly goes to Tino. Yeah. Um, so do you want to talk about individual characters? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, right. And we have kind of an all-star voice cast here. It's amazing. Here. Like, <laughs> they spared no expense. And it's... What I like about it is, like, I'm familiar with these voice actors... And they're not doing their normal voices like that they usually do. I, I didn't think about it all that much. Can you explain what you so, mean by that? Let's start with uh, so, the top. So like um, Tish oh. is Kath Susie. Yes. Who, you know, we've, hear, we've, we've heard all over. We're familiar with that voice. I wouldn't have known that just listening to Tish. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't have either. Uh, Carver, Phil Lamar. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have guessed that. You know, there's there's a youth there that doesn't translate into a lot of his other characters. Uh, Lore is Gray Delisle, whom is mm-hmm. um, was was she Daphne? Yes, she is Daphne Blake. Daphne, Vicky, Mandy, and also has like one of the best Wikipedia photos ever. Oh yeah, where it just says this is my Wikipedia photo. Yeah, she's smirking like a motherfucker. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I, yeah, like, I know I I'm the only person on the internet allowed to do this. <laughs> I posed for this what? And uh, Tino is Jason Marsden, who was Max in a Goofy movie and Gear from Static Shock. Yeah. And, and I looked, at, I, I figured this out. Uh, I looked this up. Uh, Billy Numerous from Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. And he also played himself <laughs> on Boy Meets World. Wait, really? As Eric's best friend. Why? Eric's best friend, Jason Marsden. It's so weird. <laughs> and, and that was the voice that I could pick out. Like, this is pretty... This is a Jason Marsden ask Jason Marsden. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about the characters. Yeah, our main one is, as we said, uh, Tino. Tino Tonatini. Thanks. <laughs> I thought it was Th- Tarantella. Uh, Tarantella. Italian. <laughs> Tortellini. <laughs> Thanks, Doug Langdale, for that. Yeah. Um, and he is sort of the de facto group leader. Yeah, he, um, so it, it's a fun twist on the de facto group leader. Like, normally you have a TJ, you know, he gets stuff done and gets stuff going. This guy is this awkward... Very disempowered. Very, yeah, he's he's intentionally drawn to be very, like, weak-looking and squeamish, and he screams like a little girl. He talks to himself. He's very emotional and introspective. Like, he's not what you think of as heroic, but he is absolutely what you think of as personable. Like he's yeah. very relatable, and he's, you know, he's always got a choice zinger in the way that you wish you could have. Like he's a very good choice for a main character. And um, you know, it is sort of this four-person focus, and each of them, except for him, kind of gets the same amount of time. The reason why he's considered, you know, the lead is because all the problems are seen from his perspective, right? He's the one who's always like, "I'm, I'm foreseeing a problem. <laughs> I need to figure out how to cut <laughs> he's it off a at vizier. the pass." <laughs> I'm not going to be able to handle it. The fields will run red with the blood. Of you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I see the crops will fail. We need to harvest all our pizzas. <laughs> the pizza crop is strong. <laughs> you must sacrifice to me <laughs> three punk girls. Uh, but yeah, so so one of, that's one of the reasons why he's the main character. The other is th- his ability to stop time. Yeah, he's a. Uh... <laughs> 
yeah he's proc from the awesomes that's what i between that and his neurotic anxiety like maps perfectly and also like the way they set this up so they open the show and he's like hey everyone this is blah 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 you know and even in the opening cinematic he's like knocking on the tv he's like fourth wall observant right he's doing a deadpool thing in a universe that doesn't do deadpools yes and for some reason it doesn't confer with it like the ability to realize like this problem is going to have the same arc as all the other ones yeah i mean (laughs) they don't go too deep with it but it's like it's sort of refreshing it sets the tone it's like you're here to look at this guy's problems and how he looks at everything and how he looks at things are consistent with what you would expect with his age group while at the same time being like incredibly you know well fleshed out like it's this weird it's this weird opposites thing where he's like this is a very this is a very simple problem like i know exactly how to solve it and how it should be solved but at the same time i there there are barriers in my way which can't be overcome by talking to a person which is of course absurd here are the emotional barriers that the, the the common teenager has this is you know if this is a musical this would be his like this is how i feel song yeah um and i i like these interludes because like you say this is not a this is not a cool person no this is and this is a really un- every interaction person. every interaction he has reinforces that idea so it's nice to see him like smart and working through things and like having him be our protagonist and we're okay with it he's definitely the underdog yeah he's he's the underdog who always comes out the better like so relatable like that's that's gonna sell Mm -hmm. at the same time there's nothing you know there isn't anything really that new about this it's all about the presentation being just at its peak for this show but i like him a lot so, so it goes a long way yeah and you know there's usually a time when he has to go to his mom for advice. Yeah, so it, the other interesting thing about Tino is his uh, is his relationship to the true protagonist. Because his phone's going off, I'm going to go. Yeah, I bet it is. Man, she listens to some gangster music. All right, I'm back. No worries. Um, <laughs> I'm a living for the weekend. <laughs> that would be amazing. Can you just chop that into like, instead of that, instead of whatever the music she had was? <laughs> That's, yes, it's so good. You got to do it now. And also I'm keep this a, in. I'm a living for the weekend. I feel like you can just like go up to somebody like like at a bar and just like, hey. <laughs> Man, I wish this had as much star power as Stoop Kid. Oh yeah, this is sung by fucking Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady, like, good God, <laughs> good God, y'all. Good God. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was saying, uh, the other thing about Tino is uh, he's very interesting because he has the strongest relationship to the actual main protagonist of the show, uh, his mom. Yeah, and it like I love so his mom as awesome. <laughs> She's like... so cool. <laughs> Okay, this is Tino after all of the character building and learning took place. Yeah, <laughs> she's just a like mellowed out version of Tino. And she's looking at him like, you stupid kid, talk out your problems. Like, I've told you this a million times. Well, I think that's a little scathing. I, I think she's more looking at like, 
Yeah, he'll come around. He'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she, like she's nurturing, but she's also very sarcastic about well, it. It's where she get, it's where he gets it from. Like that's right. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. I also like at first glance, she seems very. His home life seems very restrictive. Like possibly, like his mom is trying to mold him into, if you'll pardon my MRA jargon, like the white knightiest cuck this side of the PETA convention. <laughs> Ben, she's trying to she's trying to raise him alone in, in a tough world, a tough Disney world. Oh boy, yeah, where everyone gets beachfront property in San Fran. Yeah, um, but yeah, she's. I mean, she's. It, it would. It almost seems like they're gonna take the easy way out by the way she's portrayed. Like she says stuff like she throws solstice parties and is always serving like ostrich ostrich burgers to her kid and like <laughs> you know her main. She does yoga and, like, listens to whale sounds. You know, like, this has the trappings of somebody who could be exploited for very easy jokes. Well, she's also, like, a mechanic. But she's, yeah, she's also a mechanic, and she's not, like, Miss Grotskying it up or anything like that. She's not like a this Mr. A very... Simmons where it's everything about her, you know? This is a very real, fleshed-out character who, like, like, you can see the world has tried to make her conform, and she's just like, I'm gonna enjoy the things I enjoy. I'm gonna raise my kid you know back back off world yeah the, the the hippie shit is just her interests it's not what defines her which is <laughs> I so love cool. how much time we're spending focusing on tino's mom tino's mom is the best character zane i agree she, she's amazing it's weird it's just so weird that this is like like that this is how the show shakes out there was a there was a tumblr that i was checking out um i i uh, let me let me try to find it real quick uh, there's a Tumblr for somebody who kept on posting weekenders for like uh, <laughs> like Tino's mom life advice calendar. Uh, uh, almost, yeah. Uh, let me... <laughs> Every day is just like it'll be okay. These are not important problems. Yeah, well, uh, not really like that. Let me let me see if I can find it because I think this is really cool. It's a five o'clock. It's a five o'clock weekend. Oh, I hope not. Oh, is there a mashup of those? Almost certainly not. But why don't you, you can go ahead and. You can go ahead and try to find it. Weekenders theme song remix. Hello. That's the stuff. Zane, why don't you talk about uh, Tino's mom's cooking jokes? Oh, what this is... I mean, <laughs> such a complex and nuanced character. This this joke is... This joke is like a lot of things in the show. Like, like this is a predictable formulaic plot beat or like humor beat, but it's done very well. So like, uh, she'll, she'll serve him some blue food and she will insist it's a vegetable and then sometime later in the episode he's like snooping around the supermarket aisle like i'm looking for a vegetable a blue vegetable <laughs> or like you say like ostrich meat like it's meat what kind of meat you know meat meat ostrich <laughs> meat <laughs> gosh Dan, i really want to find this somebody somebody was doing a lot of them uh, I'll, I'll see if i can find it and put it in the show notes or something but yeah um what one other thing that i like about her place in this show is it reminds us just how like light the drama is mm -hmm. and like how how it reminds us how the drama is just a framework for the cool for the funny jokes like for the really good jokes yeah it's not really an it, end in and of itself like we're not expecting the drama to go anywhere they're it, it's just going to teen shit like we we know what these characters are, and they're not going to change appreciably from day to day. Well, it puts it in perspective, right? So, the, the, 
the show has this way of trying to increase the drama on you, and this is how it reminds you that these are just, you know, these are middle school kid problems. Yeah, yeah, I'll give it, uh, I'll say that. that. That sounds right. But anyway, I guess we should move on from Tino's mom, even though she does have it going on. As much as she <laughs> has it going that? on, we have to move away from Tino's mom. Let's go to Carver. Uh, sure. All right, so, like you said, this is Vince. <laughs> no. This is halfway between Vince and Gerald, like... Shows still haven't figured this one out yet. <laughs> they haven't. I don't know. This this one's fine. Like he doesn't. Uh, uh, <laughs> this one. This one is fine. Do you want to take that again? No, <laughs> I don't think I do. As kind of crude as it is to say this, he's not labeled the black one. You know, in this show, in the same way that it kind of is for Gerald being the kind of funky one, or right. Vince being the one who's good at sports. <laughs> if anything, Carver's the kind of gay one. Oh, interesting. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of focus on him talking about shoes and, you know, fashion and stuff like that. So if anything, yeah. it's going to end that way. But, I mean, beyond the fact that he's got kind of kind of funky hair, there's not anything that's, like, stereotyped about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that was a deliberate deliberate choice, right? Yeah. Because they do have a, you know, a sports-focused one, and they do have, um, you know, this sort of deliberate ethnic you know, different ethnicity groupings in this in this uh, four-person band. Yeah, so stuff that's not generally, like, always touched upon. And, like, no one's given a crazy accent or anything like that, excepting Tish's parents, whom are problematic in their own way. <laughs> uh, but, like, you have Tino, he's, like, an Italian-American. Uh, Carver, his last name is Descartes, so something African-slash-French going on there. Mm. I think Lore is supposed to have Scottish an- ancestry. I looked a bunch of this mm. shit up, Zane. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah and, it, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. stereotype in the way that you would worry that they would yeah the stereotypes are like oh a sports person is going to act this way and have this sort of upbringing but it's not a function like like those are two completely separate concepts it's not to say there isn't a stereotyping in the show this is like an offbeats type of stereotyping where all the cool kids are the ones that are stereotyped they cool they live for the weekend <laughs> How many ways can you, Zane, how many ways can you mash this up? As many as I can. <laughs> the world may never know. Uh, I, I like Carver quite a bit, though. Like, he's he's incredibly insecure. <laughs> like, he needs constant re- reaffirmation. He does. He, he always wants to be one of the cool kids, even though he doesn't really know what it means. He's obsessed with how he looks. Um, he's Watching someone yeah. who is naturally wacky and trying to downplay it is a lot more interesting than watching somebody who is trying to be wacky for like for attention yeah yeah i i I like it a lot and he's not that wacky but he's also clearly not entirely normal (laughs) there's something wrong with all of these people yeah but there's something like really subtly wrong with carver but i like him a lot like he's his voice is nice nice and soothing obviously because it's you know um because it's uh what's his face it's it's Phil Lamar, it's and Phil I think Lamar. they knew that, and that's why he gets a lot of the good, a lot of the good lines that aren't just straight up sarcasm. He does get a lot of. I mean, everyone gets a lot of the good lines. Like this is a very <laughs> this is a very lines. well scripted, very well like written show. It's very mm-hmm. it's very clever. Um, lore is this, uh, like we said, athletic sort of dumb jock ish tomboy. Yeah, she's you know like what if. Uh, what if Kevin from uh, Daria was a boy? <laughs> I mean, not, a, not quite that bad, but still. <laughs> you mean a girl? Was a was a boy, girl, tomboy, tomcat, sure, girl cat, Tom and Jerry. Girl. 
Um, <laughs> there we go. What if, what if Kevin was a cat girl? <laughs> Meow, dude. <laughs> the uh... <laughs> man Photoshop some little ears and a tail on that bad boy. <laughs> I got. I went to a convention and got invited back to a bunch of parties. <laughs> they don't wear too many clothes at those parties, but the stuff they do wear is wild. <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway. Lore is a little bit of a letdown compared to the other characters, I think. I don't, I don't love her, but there is one aspect about her that I like, which is that although she's a tomboy, she's also very boy crazy. Like, they don't try to kind of lesbianify they her up. Yeah, they don't They don't make that a thing. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I mean, like we were saying earlier, it's like these two distinct types of person. And just because those types don't normally go together, it's still a two-type thing. Yeah, they're not... They're not personalities chosen at random they're you know they coincide but it's not the obvious overlap that you'd and expect. it just doesn't go any farther than the overlap and her character doesn't really go any farther than that yeah unfortunately like i wish i had more to say about her like on the face of it it seems like she'd be really interesting it's weird because i liked watching her in the episode i just don't know how much she contributed yeah she's got a good voice i mean she looks cool <laughs> Yeah, she's always got a dopey smile on her face that makes me happy. Like, you know, when you look at a dog smiling. Yeah, I, I think uh, her emotional, like, she has a lot of emotional range, but the switches between them don't make a lot of sense to me. I saw several episodes where, like, she felt one way this minute and then a couple minutes later completely opposite. No, she she felt a little bit, you know, group chaff. She was the Mikey of this group. The group, the group wheat's coming in strong this year, Jedediah. <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> Jedediah, I go by Jed now. <laughs> Good seeing you, folks. Uh, moving, moving along. There's no proper response to what just happened. No, we shouldn't pretend that there is, though. We shouldn't search for something that's not there. Uh, moving um, on to the final character, I like Tish a bit better than Lore. Mm-hmm. I, I think that she still falls a little bit into that two, two adjective personality. She's too narrow, and the fact that like she's super smart in academics and super smart in art or poetry, I mean, isn't enough of a distinction. She's just kind of an overachiever. She uh, she she reminded me of uh, Gretchen. Yeah, quite yeah. a bit. Which uh, I would have liked something else going on there. I mean, she's also, like, very theatrical, which is, is really a nice touch to her character. Like, her her uh, academia goes farther than just getting good grades. It's also her interests. Mm-hmm. And it's saved a little bit because she is also interested in socializing and, you know, being a part of things and, you know, doing wacky adventures with her friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a person, she doesn't... You know, she doesn't generate the humor the way that uh, that Tino does. No, I mean she she's definitely um, she's definitely a uh, a supporting role, but uh, mm-hmm. she's not a bad one. I wouldn't have minded to see a little bit more. Her family is difficult to explain. <laughs> oh, the like super East, Eastern European stereotypes, yeah, like Rolf from uh, Ed and Eddie, but like worse, like weirdly strange, like weirdly even worse. Well, Rolf was entertaining. Yeah, and he just always had a goat nearby. Like, well, goats are pretty funny. Yeah, like they were going whole hog. Here ah, it was... It was pretty good. 
Uh, here yeah. it's just like, oh, she said the wrong thing and Tish has to translate in a joke that is not only tired but takes too long. Yeah, I, I could I could do with a little bit less of the mistaken... Wacky foreigner. Mistake, yeah, the wacky foreigner is something I liked a lot when I first saw this show. Because it was more basic wordplay and that's where you. That's, that's where, where I was, was yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it doesn't age well. At the same time, I really like the outlook of her parents. Like, they're just very positive... <laughs> Yeah, oh, this this is America. <laughs> Land of opportunity. <laughs> I am proud of America. Making the goats. Uh, we're not even yeah. exaggerating, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... This is what I'm happens. pretty sure those were exact quotes. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I mean, Tish doesn't, like, take after that in a... It, Tish is not a Rolf. Um, I, I wonder if we could connect her kind of... Dis dissociation from american culture like like her her ancestry i wonder if we can marry that with her overachiever status like i couldn't get anywhere oh, with that like, but uh maybe there is something there you know like first first generation yeah like a pressure you know, like to, to to fit in because there's so much working against you already like a pressure yeah to do i more. see that and and you know you know their their home life backstories do actually inform their characters because like Lore grew up with a bunch of brothers. They were always doing sports. Yeah, so that's just what was going on. Carver, uh, I I watched one episode where Tino slept the night at uh, Carver's house, and uh, it kind of informed how insecure Carver was because he's like one of a few kids, and the parents are like really business oriented, like uh, soccer practice in the morning, son, go to bed by nine thirty. You know that kind of like fifties. Yeah, there's a reality to it. There's a, there's a reality like not afraid to face the darker or not darker but just like less palatable aspects of reality that this show does pretty well yeah it, it, it kind of reminds me of daria in more ways than one because uh if we're not looking at the main characters who are all believable unto themselves uh we're looking at complete nut jobs yeah like people who don't even merit a name or in cases a different character model yeah, they're all tad stranges <laughs> just randos they're, they're pretty randos uh the adults are generally portrayed pretty well though which is unique like not a lot of shows did that you usually have wacky tune dad well that's it's so weird that the adults are given a bit more range because this it's is refreshing explicitly this is explicitly a weekend show like this is supposed to be away from adults away from school away from responsibility but that's kind of where this show does a bit better. Maybe we should talk a bit about uh, the weekend format and what we lose by not seeing them in their weekdays. Yeah, so we get these title cards with an accompanying guitar solo. Which is just um, a uh, reprise of the main theme of the show. Yeah, frequently. Which is, I would have appreciated maybe a little bit of uh, variety there. And you get a you get a Friday title card. Tino introduces the plot. You get an idea of what's going to happen. Then you get a, a Saturday title card, the plot rises, and then a Sunday where the plot resolves. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's formulaic. There are a few variations where, like, they did something big on Saturday and they have to deal with the fallout Sunday, or they're expected to do something big on Sunday, so they have to prepare on Saturday. No, I, I, like... think, I think you pretty much have the, the right of it. <laughs> there's, there's, not, there's not a lot of variety no, here. No, which is maybe the biggest weakness of the show yeah um and it also made me kind of feel bad for the characters like every weekend is fraught with you know paranoia and turmoil oh it's terrible when do they get to when do they get a break and you can sense tino's mom like if you do this you'll still have all of sunday to be happy yeah she's she's trying to save their childhood <laughs> well 
I think think you're raising the stakes a little bit high. <laughs> ben! <laughs> They're dying. <laughs> Poor guys. Of the drama. Yeah. No, you're right. There's, I mean, there's there's a, this, there is, is a tone to this, though. Like, the youth is wasted on the young kind of ideology oh, is kind of in full effect here. Like, we see, because it's focused just on the weekends and not during the week work week, we see the detriment of them not being able to solve their problems fast they don't get their weekend that's a pretty yeah. especially when you watch this as a kid that's pretty personal like what if all my weekends <laughs> just kind of sucked it's like a, a way less dramatic version of like twilight zone you stole years of my life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or or the princess bride you've loved so greatly and now you will suffer ah, but like only for two days out of the week i'm not a monster <laughs> But but there's an inescapable lightness to this show that I think made me not care so much that their weekends were getting ruined. That's true. Like it it doesn't hit you with it. It just is something I noticed really. Like even when things are at their most dire, it feels more played up than real. Like the stakes are usually just like, oh, I'm gonna feel awkward or have a bad day. Yeah. And since having a bad day happens, even if they succeed. Uh, I don't know. It also feels like most of the characters are kind of in on the joke. Like they're mm-hmm. like once they resolve the once they resolve the plot on Sunday, they're all going to take a bow, which also takes you out of it a little bit. Yeah, and just the the fact. It's fine. That, I don't need to be invested in this show. That's not what this show is good at. Like looking back as an adult, it is hard for me to watch this and not like kind of resent these kids. I don't know about resent. What do you mean? like you're wasting your weekend i like you said i don't have that weekend in the same way that you do like you said youth is wasted on the young and like i could solve your problems and i want weekends i don't know why this uh occurs to me but um the the there's a there's a web comic you know of it it's walkie um which oh, yeah. is uh generally you know i'm not gonna talk about web comics right now but there is this one scene that hit me pretty strongly there's this character ruth who kind of purports herself to be kind of above it all, more mature than other people her age. She's studying a lot. She's going to go to college early. She's not going to entangle herself with, like, you know, this teen drama that everybody has. And then at the end of that story, she ended up having to deal with that teen drama and getting really hurt because of it and not being able to think her way out of it. And the point Mm. of the whole story arc was maturity is maturity because you have to go through it. There's no... There's no instant yeah. button for learning these lessons. You have to, these, it has to be the school of hard knocks. There's no other way. And you can learn on the weekend because of that. It's not just schooling. It's, it's the school of hard knocks, kid. Yeah. I mean, in a recess kind of way, all the, all the identity problems get solved out on the playground, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I think there is yeah. something to the idea that this is where they become people, you know? Um, yeah, so I don't, I, I don't I like know. That. I don't really resent them for it. Like, I think that's that's maybe a little <laughs> bit. It's a little bit heavy. Well, maybe. I mean, you didn't like this show upon rewatching as much as you did when we were younger. Why do you think that is? I, Aside from the normal, like ah, I got shit to do. I, I think it's just because I'm familiar with the archetype so much that there wasn't much new to it that I hadn't seen. And th- like, Hey Arnold does everything that I yeah. need from this show and more. I mean, it doesn't get some of the wordplay quite as crisp and. There's something about this animation style that is really that is really in, intriguing um, and and bright and bouncy, and the unity of this show, like it just delivering a very high quality product over and over again, it's good. 
but I've just seen too yeah. much of it that the shine has to come off Lead Apple. I I think that's right because you know when I was younger I think I liked this better than Hey Arnold because it was hitting me at my level and Hey Arnold is a much more mature show even though it doesn't necessarily purport itself to be yeah and it's not like I hadn't watched any cartoons by the time I had seen this at that point it's just that this oh, no. was I mean and there's also the characters were older and a little bit easier to relate to we were still immature was enough not to recognize the same I arc. was a Tino. You know, like I, I could see myself as <laughs> oh, a Tino. Oh, yeah, sure were. I, I mean, I would love to have seen myself as a Tino. Yeah. But, uh, you know. You're still a proc in many ways. Oh, yeah. I'm proc for days. You were proc in uh, as cosplay once, That's right? right? <laughs> if you feel like putting that image up on the show notes, be my guest. <laughs> I don't think it's aging no, well. No, it's not. I, th- I also think I had a, sm- a mild erection for that picture. So, like, it's a little bit awkward. <laughs> Wait internet you decide <laughs> but i was holding a bag of beef jerky so did did that make are you saying like you covered it up no, no it, it was one like, of the uh it was one of the the in jokes like i got meat as well <laughs> yeah. what's your point i don't know <laughs> um anything else in the in the tone uh a couple things um i love the off-branding Yes, <laughs> there, there's some great background gags and like play on real brands. Yeah, like, like it uh, looks like stuff that does exist but doesn't quite exist. There was a logo with a, it was like a got milk, but there was a goat in it. It says goat milk. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> they, I mean, they live in Bahia Bay, which is like the, if I'm not mistaken, is where the Shore Shack is. <laughs> um, you know, their favorite comedian is someone named Mad Dog, and I'm like, I don't know what reference that is, but it's definitely a reference. <laughs> Mad Dog Tannen. Their 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 favorite band is Chum Bucket, which is just it's just so 80s weird metal. <laughs> like I don't I don't even know what to say about it. Chum Bucket sounds like a euphemism for whatever Limp Biscuit is a euphemism for. What was the What was the band in uh, Doug? Oh, the Beats. The Beats. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. what it made me. That's what it made me think of is the Beats. They're killer tofu and such. A Tino's favorite superhero is Captain Dreadnought. Like everything's kind of off. But yeah, it's off brand, and it's like <laughs> I, just, I I love how they're built into myth over the course of the series. Like this this keeps happening. I didn't see that as much. I just focused more on like the occasional weird ad and the uh, pizza chain. Pizza chain. I uh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I I guess just let that one go. <laughs> um, <laughs> But like I like the continuity. The, the show has very good continuity, and it uses it to its benefit. It uses it how it's supposed to use continuity, which is just to give us little Pavlov giggles. Yeah, like, like ah, you... I remember that joke from way back when. Hey, you watched three episodes, and now you can recognize this joke. Here's a reward. It's more joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 great. I love it. Um, the, we should talk the, about uh, the pizza chain, probably. Yeah, the pizza, every every weekend they go and get pizza. You know, like you do. And the pizza chain completely rebrands every single week. <laughs> it's the same location. This is the same it's, people running the show. It's so charming. It's so funny. So, like, because... one time there'll be, like, a vast pizza, and it'll be, like, all people in pirate costumes delivering their pizza with pirate, like, lingo. Like, arr, you, you've plundered me booty. And it'll just be a pizza that they serve on, like, a fucking machete or something. A treasure like a chest. Or, or they'll do uh, pizza aerobics and they're all sitting on yoga balls. Sure, sure. Pizza bites. They'll like have, you have to like download your pizza through a computer. Like, and, like it's your so... pizza, your, your cheese cartridge is full or your cheese cartridge is empty. Please replace. 
And it's like, what mad scientist slash drug front is this business? This is this is why cartoons are so great, though. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't need to build this. You have to do it. You just have to dream it. You do it because you can. It's so great. Um, I, I'm trying to think of a... Like, it, it kind of reminded <laughs> me of the the whimsical like playhouse like a uh, like tree fort kind of logic yeah, that yeah. um that kid codename kid next door has mm-hmm. like everything for the bit like everything for fun don't worry about the cost <laughs> like <laughs> damn the costs we're doing this for the art you know and, like it doesn't and, have to make any sense and i used to hold up this running gag as an example of why this was the greatest show and it's and it's you're still- right it's still quite charming. This is the best part of the show. <laughs> it's this and Tino's mom. <laughs> just want to see a, a show about Tino's mom going to get some pizza. You want to just get some za? Chastise them on their... Yeah, look, she's like a table over listening in and just occasionally like, uh, that's not going to go well. <laughs> just judging them. Did, did you have a favorite pizza, um, a pizza, pizza gag? Oh, I neglected to write them down. I'm really, I'm really shirking here. No, that's okay. My favorite one was, uh, it was like a spy theme. I can't remember what the actual pizza chain was called, but like, uh, it was some guy in a trench coat and like a deep throat voice comes by with a briefcase and he's just like, (laughs) like starts saying code names and Carver is like looking up a menu and he's like, uh, yeah, but I didn't like, or like, yeah, but it has been raining pretty frequently or something like some other. Like, <laughs> that means of, like with pepperoni. Yeah, exactly. It means with pepperoni or something. Oh, that's so good. I love it. And, and then like he gives him a briefcase and takes the one on the table away. Like they're making a dead drop. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Like you put the money in the briefcase ahead of time. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. And it's not just the pizza place. Like they, they do like joke pun stuff for other stores. Uh, I think the first episode had like nuclear fashion yeah they, they have fun with the titles yeah doug doug langdale is just like i have so many ideas <laughs> guys guys just let me get all of this out of the way i feel like he did this for an earthworm gym as well he just i get this i don't I like this. we said in earthworm gym that he just like used all the puns that he could and but he he's an endless font of puns <laughs> he just keeps going he never runs out it, it takes a licking and keeps on kicking you, I, I I recently became more aware than I used to be of that phrase and have been using it a lot. <laughs> I'm not familiar with the origins of this. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what it means either. Like, it's just one of those kind of Grandpa Steely feels like sayings of like. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Maybe it's take a lick, a licking and keep on ticking, like a like a heart. Yeah, yeah, it is ticking. It's ticking. Timex. Takes licking and keeps on ticking. Oh, like Energizer Bunny ads. Yeah, you watch. You know, you're licking your watch. You're That's watching right. your licks. It's a uh, yeah. You it, know, from the makers of Ring Pop. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let, let's move on. Yeah. This, uh, the, this show, weirdly enough, we we're able to pace it really well, even though we have a lot to not maybe not a lot to say, but like the humor is so obtuse that I didn't think that we'd be able to be as structured as we are with it. Well, um. You know, it's weird, like, this show did drag on me a little bit. Like, I felt it was pretty slowly paced. And uh, and again, hmm. that might just be the fact that I'm so hyper-aware now. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it was that bad. Like, if it was trying to do two, 22 minutes, it would be pretty rough. Oh, it'd be, it'd be terrible. But you, you had mentioned earlier, like, when you put effort into paying attention and finding these background gags and you listening get stuff to the start. 
you get stuff out of it, but I don't think it moved fast enough to for, for me to want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, I'll grant you that. I like, think that a, you can it's also... A lot of, it's a lot of standing around and talking. You do get a lot more out of it if you are looking for it. I think yes. that you still get quite a bit if you're listening to it offhandedly. Like, mm-hmm. the, those jokes, the good ones, are going to still hit you pretty pretty well. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you can just be, like, kind of listening to it, and you'll still get, like, um, you know, Tino and his mom talking. Um, and she'll be like, come on, try it. You'll like it. Um, it it's not going to bite you. And then Tino's like, that is, uh, that's good news. Um, because I'm not going to bite it either, or something like that. It's just kind of clever yeah. wordplay. You listen and you're like, ooh, that, that's a good one-liner what for later. Yeah. Or like, ooh, this would be a good in-joke with my friends. I'm going to start this. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't mind that. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh... No, I, I definitely enjoyed the parts. I, I like think the wordplay is probably its strongest suit. Like, the wordplay and the dialogue, I think, is... It's well... It's precise. I think they... I think it's good, generally. I think... There is that over-reliance on sarcasm. And also it's kind of unbelievable because if somebody's not driving the plot forward or being sarcastic, they're not talking. Yeah. There's no chaff to it, which is fine because I don't want to listen to chaff, but it also makes it a little unbelievable. I I had an example of a a funny joke Mm. um, that sort of like shows how weird some of the adult characters are and also like gives an idea of how the show sets up your expectations and then dashes them immediately. Okay. Uh, so Tino loses a shoe, uh, and he's like, oh, they're not going to let me into the museum. You know, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Okay. And the others say, like, the other say, like, nobody's going to care about that. Cut to stodgy old guy saying, I care very deeply about that you don't have a shoe. <laughs> yeah. And then, they, and then they whine, and then Tino says, okay, well, uh, you know, I'll go get one. And the guy says, this would please me. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like, it's not funny per all, se, but they no, have a I'm good on sense board. of, like, <laughs> like, that's what's very a normal to thing me. to say? And just sidestep that. Yeah, like, it's almost like they're aware that they know what the joke is, but they're going to make it harder than, you know, <laughs> other shows would make it. Come on, audience. You can go through a couple hoops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, work with me. Let's make we some had, lemonade. We had to go talk to the mad oracle that was Doug Langdale. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was telling us this script while, like, half naked on a rooftop during a rainstorm. <laughs> I, I like this conception we have now of this creative. <laughs> yeah, this mad genius. <laughs> like, sir, you you uh, you took all your ideas and folded them up into paper planes. We can't tell which ones are for the weekenders and which ones are for silence. Earthworm begin Jim. the wind machine. <laughs> let <laughs> let us see what joke fate provides. <laughs> this is reminding me of our conception of uh, L- Lorenzo music for the part of Garfield <laughs> where a... he was just licking himself in the interview. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I think that it's incredibly wrong for us to treat these like creators as though they are as insane as their creations. But damn, <laughs> if it doesn't make for some fun imagining. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's what people are going to do to us, right? It would. I mean, I don't <laughs> know. Zane, Zane, like, what conception can people have of us <laughs> that isn't? It's all pretty accurate. Right on the page. Like, <laughs> what if your name is just like Sam? And we're just building this Zane persona up? Zane is Sam. Like, what if, uh, like, are, are you saying, like, I'm just very even-keeled and don't understand the finer points of humor? Like, it's like it's Sam translated into some other language. My favorite thing is Star Wars? Sam I Am. Sam likes ham. Do you think Sam I Am was the 
Nope. Am I am. Nope. No. Nothing to go to. <laughs> he was the king of Siam. So I was gonna say something about Simeon, and I'm like, that ends with an N. Ben. <laughs> that's not perfect. That's not a perfect joke, Ben. Uh, speaking of Simeon, Tino does the monkey in the intro. Yeah, he's trying to be Johnny Bravo. Well, it's they great. all do like old-fashioned dances. Yeah, uh, Tish does the swim. Let's go into animation. I, I just think it's a neat little touch because like the influence of their parents is so strong on these kids, and it's nice to like it's kind of timeless. Yeah, there's this old cool kind of thing to it. Yeah, like uh, like they're 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 sort of resistant to the um, at least like macroscopically they're kind of resistant to what's the newest fad they're all about like what is cool to them so in that way like the world kind of changes around them to reinforce what is cool and they're staying true to what they think is cool like uh tino in like i don't know the second episode for their solstice party he gets a big gift which is a jumping jamboree you know like one of those things that five-year-olds have like those bounce castles with that crazy clown on the front Uh and he is so pumped he's like jumping jamborees are the shit and then everyone laughs at him for it and by the end of the episode, he's like, no, fuck it. I'm going to be in my jumping jamboree because it's fun as shit. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's some resistance to it, but they stay true to like what they like because they like it. Yeah, every every week they learn to withstand social pressures a little more. That that really is. I mean, you're saying it in kind of the cadence that I think you're trying to joke, but I think that's really what's going on. <laughs> no, I, I, I was being honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, like maybe we should talk about the intro. Move into animation. We well, we've been singing it all along. <laughs> yeah, Wayne Wayne Brady just killing Good it. God, what happened? My <laughs> living <laughs> weekend. Yeah, I, I wonder if he did this ever on uh, whose line is it anyway? Oh, like just, just out of like nowhere, two, and like, like one guy in the, in the audience, audience is like, yeah. "Oh man, <laughs> oh shit!" I, I was not... waiting in the line. I was hoping for it. No, two guys in the audience do, and one of them loves it. And the other one was like, "He's not improvising." <laughs> <laughs> and then the third guy's like, "Shout!" <laughs> pizza run pizza run the cadence of it man yeah it's it's just it's so kinetic uh, uh, like i think uh he also co-wrote it which is cool it's that it's that frantic like oh my god i'm a kid on the weekend i have so much i want to do what do i do first <laughs> is wayne brady gonna go on a pizza run <laughs> and and we get that in the animation as well because they're just doing everything yeah that's true right it's like that uh calvin hobbs uh uh, oh, like Calvin uh, Oh, the, the the days are just packed kind of uh, thing? Yeah, that one... The splash image? That, that one strip where... Oh, yeah, they're doing so much stuff, and by the end so of it, much. it's like, oh, already? Or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like they, these days are so short, you yeah. can't do half of what you want to. Yeah, yeah. That sort of manic energy of youth. is It's very endearing, and it and it sells. Oh, I love it. Comes across. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the chug of freezes. That's another thing. Instead of like slushies, yeah, chug of like. like come on, <laughs> again, off branding that they just so keep beautiful. pushing at you. God, I love it. I love it so much, Zane. Um, the characters themselves are uh, yeah. Let's very talk about these body proportions. The, this is very influenced by the classic Cusipo style, especially with Tino, uh, yeah. with these big lumpy heads. The, the heads are definitely lumpy. They got silly head shapes. Uh, Tino is basically a big rectangle. Um, Tish, Tish has like this weird heart face Yeah That is like really brought out by the way she wears her hair mm-hmm. But yeah like a lot of them are pretty square Which is fine yeah, Like, So this is what I like about it is that Combined with the kind of silly head shapes They also have very realistic body proportions Excepting their twig arms Like they're as tall as you would expect them to be You know 
Yeah, I, I mean, they and have they have what it does heads. is it draws attention. It well, it draws attention to their face without making the body look too silly. Okay, yeah, they have they have a nicer balance than a lot of shows. Like they're not cheaty, you know. Like they they have long arms and legs. Their bodies are not like shriveled things that the heads. They're not talking heads or stick figures or anything like that. They're they're people that just happen to have very expressive faces that you want to watch. Uh, yeah, the, like the emotions came through pretty well, um, which is nice. You know, a lot of a lot of emotions can get muddled in that age. Yeah, like, like frustration and anxiety and you know slight depression kind of thing. Like they can, they can all sort of mix and merge, but I think they're pretty clearly established. I wasn't really paying attention to the expressions so much. I think I, I, weirdly enough, I think I remember seeing their heads and not their faces. Yeah, and <laughs> and their body their body language was helping because they always move when they they're talk. moving a lot, which is full of that might, spastic energy. Like I don't know if that's good on its own, but the fact that it's unusual. Yeah, they they're at least trying something. Like you don't have to do that mm-hmm. when you're animating. Yeah, Chester McBadbat isn't moving very much. That, that's that's <laughs> something that like. This 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 breaks the mold of like uh, those head equal to body proportions that I was talking about, mm-hmm. and uh, like I wouldn't want this to be more cartoony. It takes a, um, it takes a step back from being that cartoony. One bit of realism that I thought was a nice touch is you know uh, the show goes on this um, you know time cycle and the timing of things is pretty clearly delineated. But the shadows and the placement of the sun in the sky influencing those shadows no kidding. Is, is really, like, you can tell how late in the day it is. Really? I, I didn't notice this at all. It, I mean, it's not as strong as shadows would be normally. Like, you don't see, you don't see Shadow Man going halfway down the block. <laughs> what is that? Is, is, is that a Hey Arnold character? <laughs> no, that's like, uh, that's like Cheddar Man, like his evil twin. Um, Cheddar Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember Cheddar oh Man. Oh my god. Oh from a uh, Oh man. Class class of 3000. Yeah. Oh my god, Cheddar Man. <laughs> oh, my, Jeez. My, my brain blocked it out. Oh, I forgot about Cheddar Man. How could you? Was it Wasn't it just like Andre's friend from a while back who Yeah, I, they all were. I can't remember. We don't need to retread that. Yeah, we don't need to go back to Class of 3000. But you you do get an internal sense of like, oh, their shadows are over here. It's probably like five o'clock. I guess I guess that's true. I, I feel like I didn't the see weekend. them outside very much. It's weird that there's the weekend because it does feel like summer. It, I mean, that's part of being in you know. Oh like, yeah, they're in California. Uh, yeah, from California, the San Fran lifestyle. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and like you, it's it's weird because it kind of has this Coney Island sort of feel to it, like this, uh, like everything is theme parks and uh, and waterfront, but at the same mm-hmm. time, they also live in the suburbs. So it's, I'm not quite sure where they live. <laughs> it, <laughs> they're, they're from all over. They, they live in a place where it's viable to do what they need to do during the show. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I actually like the, like the fact that they move while they talk, the shadows, they add to this sense of reality uh, which is also bolstered by the fact that they change clothes. Yeah, I, I had noted this. Uh, apparently, this uh, show is lauded for being one of the few wherein the wardrobe is not static. You know, Doug isn't always wearing his short pants and sweater vest. <laughs> he and isn't wearing Richard Simmons clothes. And it works, because these have to take place on different days. Right, yeah. They can't, be wearing, they can't be wearing the same clothes. Um, in addition... Uh, they're, they they generally follow similar color motifs. 
but oh i didn't really notice that yeah so tish is usually wearing a purple tino usually has some sort of blue on oh yeah and without getting like too psychological or like you know oh no no color color theory is a real thing well i mean like aside from their person i don't want to try to line up their personalities but just having a favorite color that you like to wear like clothes in sure if they're different clothes that like that totally meshes and it and it gives a sense of continuity for each personal character. Yeah, the, these four and Tino's mom would make a great Power Rangers. <laughs> Tino's mom is the Zordon. Come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and you know Tino's and Tino, just Alpha and Tino's 5. Tino's Alpha 5. <laughs> yeah, we both got there. <laughs> so it's three Power Rangers and then Wayne Brady is the other two. Zane, quick quiz. Who was Alpha 5? Uh, Alpha 5 was voiced by Tom Kenny. Oh. Yeah, the new one is. Close one. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, is Richard Stephen Horowitz. I, I think so. Oh, you know, that's right. That's Tom right. Kenny. I get them confused because, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that from now on. I'm going to quiz you on voice actors. <laughs> That'll be good. Okay. That'll be good. <laughs> no, Zane, I like that. who was Dave the Barbarian? Dave the Barbarian. Dave the Barbarian. Dave the Barbarian. Good, uh, close enough. Uh, <laughs> you get partial the, credit. Uh, <laughs> Circle the, gets well, the square. Oh, <laughs> the narrator was Jeff Bennett. I want to say David the Barbarian was also Jeff Bennett, but I don't think that's right. No, that was Tom Kenny. That was also Tom Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be one behind. I'm going to be like that. Uh, I'm going to be like those psychics with the cards. What was I watching recently where there's a psychic who is like, oh, there's an episode of Steven Universe who's like a defective uh, prophetic, uh, like the sapphires are all prophetic. Ooh. So they see into the future, but there was like a defective model and sees like three seconds in the past. So like shit happens and they're just like, watch out, they're going to break through the wall. It's like, yeah, that's not very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, I, I stopped watching after the first season because that's all that was out at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it good? Should I keep, should I get back into it? It is not as good, but there well. are some gems. I, I would look up, <laughs> if you could find like... gems. <laughs> Oof, why'd I do that? I don't know. I, I can't believe you I didn't could have realize. avoided that manhole. <laughs> um, the, if I were you, I'd look up a, like a spoiler, like a like a filler-free walkthrough. Because there was, that like, doesn't a, apply to cartoons. I mean, there's a lot of like Tiger Billionaire kind of, kind of uh, episodes. Oh, in like there. that's not the best episode? <laughs> well, I guess it depends what you're looking for. But I, I, I think it got... Like, later in the Adventure Time series, I just kind of wanted to see what was going on with the plot, and I didn't really want to see them dicking around anymore. Yeah, like, they've learned this lesson before. Like, I just, I, I just wasn't really into the spectacle after a while. Like, I wanted I wanted the story, oh, weird, yeah, sure. weirdly enough, as weird as it is to say. Um, and that kind of... The, <laughs> I, it might I just watch be Adventure me. Time for the story is, like, our generation's I read Playboy for the articles. <laughs> No, I'm serious. <laughs> I, I want to learn the dark, traumatic backstory of the Ice King. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, well, I mean, I mean, maybe this, uh, maybe this cheerleader really does have some uh, incisive opinions on the economy. I should really. <laughs> I, really... I want to get into the deep emotional backstory of this yeah. floating cloud. How can I keep my man? <laughs> keep him from that's getting the question distracted. we all ask ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's really what Tino's mom is all about. Um. Anyway. Uh. A little divorcee humor for you coming at you. <laughs> Welcome to Carton Cast. <laughs> I think that's my catchphrase now. I feel like I've said it like three times this episode. Just whenever I say something awkward, follow it up with "Welcome to the Carton Cast." Yeah, this this is that kind of show. <laughs> that kind of show. Um, anything else? Yeah, not in animation. Let's go to let's go to music and sound. 
I'm a little weak. I, I feel like I feel like I said what I needed to say, except that there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of like guitar solos that don't go anywhere. Yeah, it's kind of it, it's a little bit rocket power at times, you know, where mm-hmm. like during the particularly action moments, which you know they're not really action, but like there someone has to run somewhere to do something quickly, it'll amp up on the guitar a bit. It is yeah. very Soko kind of lifestyle music, which is appropriate. Yeah, because, you know, you're walking around on the pier, somebody's playing guitar. Yeah. Yeah, Buskin. Buskin, <laughs> oh quite. man, I need some more, I mean, I need some scratch for my suntan lotion. What? Ben, this might not make it in. Uh, Buskin a nut, is that a phrase? Buskin a nut, ooh, that's a good <laughs> question. Like, so what is the idea there? Um, so it sounds like busting a nut, which is no, 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 no. no. I, I understand the disparate parts of that sentence <laughs> of this metaphor of this phrase. What I'm wondering well, is ask. like, so are you like trying to earn money so that you can buy porno? Are you getting off on playing your saxophone in public? <laughs> Probably both. I mean, it, yeah, like the the best hobbies are the ones that earn you money, and the best job is the one that you enjoy. So uh, it's not on Urban Dictionary. Uh, I think that you forgot to say yet at the end of that. <laughs> be be the change you wish to see in the world, Zane. Uh, I don't know what to do with it. Buzzkirk Chumley? <laughs> <laughs> Was that one of Carver's friends? <laughs> An undefinable, forever-changing sexual act that has been in use since the latter part of the 19th century. Primarily in southern Indiana. What? Those, I mean... Urban Dictionary never really got beyond Busker Chumley, although I will... Uh, ben, this entry is almost 10 years old. I feel like it must be real. Uh, that, I mean, that's just what Urban Dictionary is for, is for, like, like sexual acts that don't actually exist. But I do admit to looking up Kofefe on Urban Dictionary <laughs> last week. What What did you find? The, the, the expected. Yeah, pretty much what you'd expect. Yeah. But I didn't feel like I could trust anything... That Google would give me. Like, I needed to go to the source. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, who would know about this? <laughs> Who's got the inside scoop? Who's on the pulse? Who's on the pulp? <laughs> who is the pope? <laughs> you on the pulp, boy? <laughs> the pope is young. <laughs> did Did you ever hear about that? Oh like, yeah, uh, yeah. About what? I don't know why David kept talking about it. I had, hadn't heard the phrase from anyone else <laughs> of that meme <laughs> of the. I've got ninety nine problems, but the Pope is young. <laughs> There's a lot I don't understand and can't explain about that. There's a lot I can't. I don't understand or, or can't explain about David. <laughs> Our listeners have got to imagine that David doesn't exist. <laughs> we, right? we have given. We have been faking them out. We've we've been really busking their nuts over this. <laughs> Zane, I think you have a catchphrase. It took a while, but I think we're there. I think I might cut this whole segment out. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've made it, honey. Cool. (laughs) Zoinks. Um, So I I would have appreciated... So the transition music is always a reprise of the opening theme, from what I could tell. Which is a good theme, but... I could have used something else, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, okay, so like it is going to be guitar. I've made my peace with that. You got to make a different riff. Like it's it's got to be it's got to be something else. Yeah, like, show I, off I your range. So, I got so tired of it, man. I don't know what it was. If you're giving me this theme song and I'm not hearing Wayne Brady, yeah, you're 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 kind of you're kind of a tease. <laughs> a reverse tease, <laughs> like where they show you it at the beginning, but over time they show you less and less. Yeah, the <laughs> divorcee humor, <laughs> like reverse strippers. Yeah, that's right. 
<laughs> have you ever... I'm not going to say have you ever... I once saw the greatest reverse strip to the Power Rangers theme song. It was really impressive. What does that mean? Like, that's the song that was playing. No, I... I don't understand how to reverse strip from music works if you don't have Wayne Brady in it. You gotta, <laughs> you have to give me a few more. You're, you're implying I wasn't watching Wayne Brady. Like, did it, did it start with all the music and then eventually turned acoustic and then it was just the drums? Like, what are you talking no, about? No, like the song was playing, but the person was putting on clothes. Uh, it was a, it was a Shakespeare camp. So, not what I was directing. I was not abusing my power. I gotta put that right out there. <laughs> Abusing your Power Rangers. Abusing your Power Rangers. <laughs> oh, man. College humor. What can you do with this? <laughs> uh, did you we're, have anything? We're really loopy. <laughs> no, we're fine. Did you have anything about the sound effects? Uh, Probably, but nothing I remembered or wrote down. Well, I, th- I think that's the most of it is that they, you know, they're they fun them. and emphatic, but they're not overbearing. They know how to make a little bit go a long way. Yeah, there's a lot you know, about the show that just went down smooth without drawing attention to itself. Like something collides with something else, you get that nice like rug, rugrat splat sound effect, and oh, then yeah, no yeah. Uh, no other huge sound effects. Like it's not a like you're not in full the artist camp, right? But like they do make the big ones count. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't uh, I don't know how how do you feel about the show coming back to it? Has your has your opinion changed on it since we began the broadcast? Um, I. I think I'm willing to give it more credit than I did at the beginning of the broadcast because I didn't really want to keep watching more just because, you know, it is so formulaic. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll admit I, I've been watching it while I've been pretty tired and, and not wanting to give it that effort that you mentioned. But there is really a lot to recommend here. Just other shows like Hey Arnold do it better. And I'm just too I'm too familiar. It's a yeah, good it's- show. I would watch it with somebody who was watching it. So, uh, have you ever heard, uh, this is something that, um, David's friend Ross and a few other people that he knows does, uh, they do a, uh, Miller High Life and Andre, uh, party every so often. What does that mean? <laughs> Which is, you have the champagne of beers and the beer of champagnes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you bring that back to the show, Weekenders is Miller High Life and Hey Arnold is Andre. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look up a couple of those references, but I'll I'll sign on. <laughs> well, well, like I'm saying is this, not this familiar is a very, with Andre. This is a it's just very cheap champagne. Okay, and, and that's not even a perfect metaphor because, like, uh, like Hey Arnold is obviously the Cristal, but you know, like, The Weekenders is like really top notch regular show. Oh, like you know like, what we should do? We should get a couple of beer experts on here and up uh, like match a beer to every one of our episodes everyone some do they have them. that many beers <laughs> some of them <laughs> um yeah no that, that's pretty funny yeah I, 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 I like any of those uh chiastic humor like x of y and y of x yeah th- those were very those were pretty good can you think of any others i had a i had a, a book once of uh retorts and uh like the best snappy comebacks from history. And there was a whole chapter on that type. I do remember the one that Winston Churchill had. Uh, I might be, I may be drunk, but you're ugly and I'll be sober in the morning or something like that. That doesn't quite fit the... No, it doesn't quit the formula, but I feel like that was in the book. That was, oh, Winston Churchill, I think, had his own, (laughs) his own segment. (laughs) He had his own chapter? Uh, not a chapter, but He gave the foreword? 
Oh, my favorite. <laughs> <The one that laughs> dedicated I, to my favorite comedian. The one that I remember is uh, there was a chapter on like really long ones where you're like, okay, these probably weren't off the cuff, but they're so good. And one of them was like just this guy going into an explanation of a really big telescope and it's micro like it's magnifying power. And then he said, and then there's this other telescope, you know, in Chile and it has this micro, you know, resolving power. And, and then he says, if you were to somehow take the first and combine it with the second and somehow multiply their magnification power, you still couldn't find how little I care about what you just said or something like it was a sick yeah. burn, but it took forever to get there. Yeah, the, the, that's kind of the only ways you can do sick burns is immediately or taking a too long time to get there. <laughs> Everyone else has wandered off. You can't do a middle of the road burn like the, the two long ones. They're for yourself. No one's going to sit through that. Like, how, why would you sit through that much abuse? <laughs> I want to hear the end of this burn. <laughs> this feels like a really good one. Yeah, I, 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 I like that X of Y and Y of X, but I also like the X of X. Like, this show is the Hey Arnold of cartoons kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's also pretty good. Yeah. Uh, why, why is it so hard to find examples of chiastic humor? Man, I couldn't even find a Tumblr page. Don't beat yourself up. Give me a second. Sure thing. I'm gonna look for that Tumblr page some more. <laughs> oh, oh, this is funny. There's a picture of a of a fly man and a fly waiter, and the fly man is eating a bowl of soup with a a, a, a human man in it, and he's just saying, "Is this some sort of joke?" <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's actually really funny. We're working way too hard at this. <laughs> I really want to find this Tumblr page, man. I don't know what it is. All right, it's it's it doesn't exist. As it turns out. It's over. It's over, Zane. Um, okay. Zane, shall we shall, shall we wrap it up? Wrap it Ooh, up. We should we should mention one more thing about the audio. How do you feel about the catchphrase? Which one? Uh, later days. Oh, I was planning on closing this episode out with that. Oh. And now I can't, can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> can't hear you. The last minute of the podcast was unlistenable. No, I I mean like it's a part of the show. We should be able to talk about it. That's true. Do, do you even like it? Like, yeah, I don't no, think I, I mean, did. Like, it's a it's a good catchphrase. It it tells you that the show is over. It it kind of felt like an '80s slang term that didn't age well to me. Like it, it felt like they were trying to be cool there. Oh, like and... they were trying to make it a thing. Yeah, I was I wasn't too into it. Oh, here's here's a here's a good one. Mm. Uh, this is a Mae West quote. It's not the men in your life that count. It's the life in your men. Yeah, or like um. It's not the minutes you take breath, but the moments that take your breath away or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they're not all created equal. I don't actually care for that one that much. Oh, there's a there's a really good one in Futurama where he's like, the hard part wasn't getting the brain out, but the hard part was getting <laughs> the brain out or something like that. Ooh, this is a this is a good spoonerism. I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. Ooh, that's really good. <laughs> that's not bad. Dorothy Parker. Yeah, thanks, Doe. All right, I've 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 saved my bit. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Got there. Yeah, but yeah, later later days, not not. Uh, you know, we, we don't have to talk about it anymore. I just wanted to mention it. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that I like this show pretty well. I just uh, it's not as special as it once was because I am wider versed in this sort of thing and can appreciate how amazing Hey Arnold is at this at at this later I'm, stage. I'm glad I had a reason to look back at it and 
realize why I used to enjoy it and why I don't as they much do. now. For, I for do not feel moral, the need to pick it up moral again. Moral-centric, ensemble cast, uncool kids, you know, offbeats humor. This is the this is top of the this is top of the shelf. Yeah. But it is very firmly in that you know, subtitle, that subgenre. Mhm. Yeah, it's yeah. Like Good I, but limited. I, like, for something that, uh, like, yeah, exactly. Uh, if I was, like, talking about Invader Zim's, like, there's parts about it I don't like, but, man, is this ever special. This, yeah, that's this, a unique This does not entity. feel special. At least not in the same way. Not to the same magnitude. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. isn't to say I didn't enjoy watching it. I kind of enjoyed it. Enjoyed it quite a bit, actually. I'll, I'll modify. Fun to watch. <laughs> I'm waiting to see how far up you'll ramp Best yourself. show ever. <laughs> No megas, um, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah that's the weekenders. One um, next. What are we watching next time? Next, next time we are watching Animaniacs, the inimitable, inimitable Animaniacs, which I'm looking forward to quite a bit. Yeah, I uh, we haven't done variety show in a while, and it should nicely break that, um, that formula, that structure that was so intrinsic to this show. There's going to be a lot of different segments, and I don't think they're all going to be equally good. Um, but since I can probably, like, skip around and just watch the good ones, yeah. I'm into it. We, yeah, I, I think maybe we, we'll have to talk about whether or not we want to approach it in a Kablam-esque fashion. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that it, it will be I, I think there, I think there's a bit more continuity in the Animaniacs than Kablam. No, there will be a lot to say, no doubt. Like, here's the main way that the show works. Here's how each segment iterates on it yeah i think so yeah anyway uh zane what are we doing after that uh so after that and you might want to veto this so that we can do it for zane's been hanging this over my head the whole podcast so that we can do it for a scrambled segment you're gonna hate it and here are three other things that i'm gonna say that will entice you because uh uh, you might want to put it off for a scrambled segment just because it's got a very unique animation style Mm. um schindler's list but but it's it's another show that I only briefly sort of saw and understood as a kid, and I really want to know what was going on there because it <laughs> it looked strange. Uh, and we are going to be watching reboot. I don't know what that is, so okay. <laughs> it was that really com- bad computer animation about people who lived inside a computer. Oh God, you mean like Code Lyoko? You may remember it as that blue guy who was like afraid of magnets. Let me see what this is. I think this is might, might be one. This that was on you, Tsunami. This might be one that you know that I don't. Oh, <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> oh man, talk about off-brand Ness. Ugh. Oh yeah. Ugh. Man, they all got weird Pixar face. I don't care so for you, this at all, Zane. <laughs> so you've never seen this before? No, not at all. Oh man, <laughs> this is like what if Captain Planet fell into some like Legos. Get ready for, like, confusing exposition and world building. That does sound good. Like, I, I think that this has the trappings of something that I'm going to get needlessly philosophical in. I I believe that it does have, like, this is one of those shows that has plot arcs that develop. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not going to watch those. So you might, you, you might need to put a little more time into this one than you might think. Um, yeah, I doubt that I will. But we will, we will try. We will find out. Dear listener, that'll best. be... That'll be the uh, that'll be the stinger. In addition, uh, coming up soon is the third annual Cartoni Awards. Third, so, yes, three years. 
<laughs> Thank you, Ben. Pizza run. <laughs> so if you have any categories you want us to judge our cartoons from the past year on, or if you have a comment uh, or are just interested in uh, throwing your hat into the ring for what was the best episode or best, most superlative, whatever, we usually have a few that continue from year to year, and some we just like, let's try this. Yeah, if I may, Zane. Um, audience, Zane and I have literally thought of all of the uh, categories that we will ever think of. Um, so we're this, out. This is gonna, that, that's it. We're, we're going to need your help if we're going to put together third ca- our annual Cartoni Awards. So don't be stingy. Go ahead and hit us up on our Facebook page or go to our website at cartoncast.com and tell us what kind of categories you want to hear. Um, we'll give you a shout out and we'll, uh, we'll, uh, take your vote into consideration. Mm-hmm. If you want to say, Hey, let's do best hero. And I nominate earthworm Jim. Let us know. Um, but yeah, you can I, also, I think it'd be really great to get some feedback on that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I, w- I would love to hear what you guys, uh, want to want us to discuss. Cause mm-hmm. we don't know what to discuss. We're just going to be talking about, you know, uh, Wayne Brady and pizza runs. Yeah, and if you have something best, like in mind that run. we're, That's that all we're I not going to read your mind on, like best inappropriate joke, like give a couple examples because <laughs> our definition of that may differ from yours. Yeah, I'd say pizza run is probably pretty inappropriate. Given how much time that we've said it, yeah. Oh, yeah, sauce culture as well. You know, don't want to step on toes. Yeah, uh, marinara. Yeah, exactly. That's going to offend someone. <laughs> Uh, and if you would like to go to iTunes, give us a rating or review. That helps out a lot. And more than anything else, just tell your friends about the show. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's time for us to break it on out. We're, we're living for the weekend here. It's 5 o'clock when the whistle blows. It's 5 o'clock. So it's the weekend somewhere. No, wait, that's not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> Later days. People think they know about models. They think they know about you. But when you're finished with the flesh and the ball, the photography is something that you do.